This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, talking Nebraska basketball, Robin. And uh, we found out this week you broke the story. Uh, Nebraska and Kansas State are going to be playing a game in Kansas City next year. And that will be interesting. Kind of reminds you a little bit um, of that Sioux Falls deal, but there's more to it. And John Rostin kind of added the rest of mm-hmm. um you know what's going to be going on it's a three game series yeah three games over three years and uh, you know as we reported the the neutral site game in kansas city um next season at the sprint center uh which is a pretty awesome event right there uh that is the first of three games the next one um will be in the 2021-22 season uh in lincoln and then the third game will be down in manhattan uh, in 2022-23. So uh, Nebraska locked up a nice non-conference Power 5 opponent uh, for the next three years. And, you know, with that neutral site games, those have so much value, um, you know, because of the way that the, the the net system works and the quad, uh, you know, you get more points for playing away from home. And with a neutral site, you play away from home without technically having to play a true road game. So it's kind of the best of both worlds for, for both teams. So um, a nice series, and hopefully they continue to do more stuff like that. And honestly, a money saver for both schools. Um, you get to play a major conference opponent, uh, Manhattan's two hours from Lincoln. Kansas City's three hours from Lincoln. Um, my guess is they would bust to all of that. Uh, I, I know. Um, well, I don't know. Fred and Matt Abdelmasi flew to Grand Island, so <laughs> we'll see what they're doing. Yeah, I know uh, one year Bill Callahan, they played a um, – and Nate, you might remember this. I'll bring Nate Klaus in for this discussion. But Nebraska played um, an 06 game, and it was before when the TV package was kind of a mess, and they put it on pay-per-view, and Peterson negotiated that – because it's on pay-per-view, they'll bust Manhattan into night game, and then they'll fly a plane back um, just to to not have to ride Highway 77 at night. Yeah, it was, and that flight home was like it was like 30 minutes or something like that. And Jay Terry, I, I still remember him saying that he wanted to prove a point that he could beat the team back because it takes so long to load the plane and do all this and this. And I think Jay Terry said he was only like five or ten minutes behind the, the plane the time it landed. But um, anyway, it's a good opportunity for the fans. Um, Kansas State is the closest Power 5, you know, Creighton obviously, but in terms of Power 5 football school to to Lincoln. So it makes sense for a lot of reasons, and I think a lot of fans on both sides will, will embrace this. Yeah, that Kansas City game is going to be fun. So obviously you'd think that it would be a K-State heavy crowd, but uh, just seeing the response on message board and uh, social media, I think there's a lot of Nebraska fans interested. Anytime they get a chance to go cheer on Nebraska in Kansas City, they're going to jump all over it. So that will be at least be a 50-50 split, and it will be nothing like the Husker-dominated crowd in Sioux Falls where Oklahoma State was technically playing a neutral site game, but it was like a 95-5% to 5% and, and maybe, crowd break. Maybe not even 5%. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State probably had like maybe 20 fans there, and the rest of it was all Nebraska. That was still one of the high points I mean at that point I still remember that day in Sioux Falls you left that arena that night thinking man like Nebraska's gonna be like a four seed in the tournament well those first two months I mean they whipped Creighton whipped Seton Hall Hall, uh whipped Oklahoma State I mean they were and they played can was that the year they played Kansas at home to the wire and they lost I can't remember yeah they lost I mean oh yeah it was when the they missed the they missed the shot that's right and the Kansas guy that made the three in the corner yeah the the foreign dude yep so anyway, so you look at what this next uh, year 
or brings as far as non-conference schedule, they've kind of got a decent uh, slate set up already with obviously uh, the game against Kansas State, uh, the game against Creighton, the Big Myrtle Ten Beach. ACC ch- challenge. Uh, they'll be back in the Gavit game they weren't in this past season, uh, and I'm pretty sure the way that the, the cycle um, goes around, the Nebraska will be back in it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the Myrtle Beach Invitational um, in November, uh, that field consists of Dayton, Utah State, Missouri, Pitt, Penn, Loyola, and Charlotte. So, um, you know, I mean, that's a, a pretty decent field that, you know, has some fun storylines in there. We'll see what the bracket looks like, but that's a pretty good start to your non-conference slate. And it shows that they are far more willing to schedule aggressively than they were going into year one. Year one, they knew exactly what uh, they were going to be getting themselves into and tried to make that road as easy as possible Clearly, it didn't work uh, the way they had hoped. But um, I think going into year two, they're a lot more confident in the roster that they have in place uh, to go ahead and and schedule a little tougher and put some bigger names on that schedule that uh, I'm sure fans will be all for it. So they'll have how many bye games? Five or six? Yeah. I'd have to, it depends on if they play 30 or 31 games. I mean, that kind of just depends. But uh, yeah, usually you'll get a, a couple. Uh, throwaway games at the beginning of the year and then at the end of December over Christmas Because it's 10 or 12 non-con games. Well, it's either 10 or 11. 10 or 11, okay. Yeah, because they play 30 or 31 games depending on just how the schedule shapes up. And you're seeing more teams go to these 20-game conference schedules. The Big East with Connecticut joining next year. Mm Um, they're they're gonna I'm assuming going to 20. I mean that only makes sense yeah. um, to for their TV partners as well. Yeah. One of those buy games I forgot to mention is Cleveland State, and Cleveland State is interesting because the head coach of Cleveland State is Dennis Gates, the brother of Nebraska assistant Armand Gates. So a little family feud there. Gavit game will be interesting. Who they draw? I mean, I, I'd assume since Nebraska finished so poorly, you would think it would be more of a bottom Big East team. Would it be like a DePaul mm-hmm. or? Yeah, somebody I mean, they haven't played because they played Villanova, St. John's, St. John's. Uh, they played Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they can't play Creighton. Um, so you know, I'll be curious who they end up because they, they don't want you to play the same. Uh, but in the big in the ACC challenge, yeah, Nebraska, they don't care. <laughs> they'll play Clemson every year. <laughs> old or, let's, let's let's replay old Orange Bowls with Nebraska. Yeah, the, yeah, Virginia Tech and Clemson. Those are like the only draws. In Miami. Oh yeah, Miami. That was a good one. In Florida State. Yeah, like I said, it's it's the Orange Bowl classic for Nebraska every year in the ACC <laughs> Challenge. Like, like it'd be nice once to get Notre Dame. Yeah, well, I think Nebraska needs to get better to draw those types of games, but hopefully that'll happen soon. But I mean, again, I'm I think that this schedule uh, shows a little bit of the confidence the staff has in, in what year two could be. I know there's a lot of questions surrounding the roster uh, of you know all the new faces that are going to be coming in here, but you don't go ahead and do a neutral site game against Kansas State in Kansas City without feeling pretty good about your chances. All right, what um, now roster stuff recruiting-wise, Robin, um, I mean, give us a rundown kind of what's been going on behind the scenes. Well, since our last podcast, obviously Deshaun Burke became official in the transfer portal. Not a surprise, um, but especially with the way his season ended, um, but that kind of put some finality to it. And so right now they're operating with one open scholarship and Kind of just depending on how these next few days go, I would imagine we'll get a much clearer picture as to what that roster is actually going to look like and the spots that they have to fill going forward into the spring signing period. Um, but you know they're still actively recruiting. They're in on you know multiple you know sit out transfers uh, as well as you know a couple high school recruits. So uh, there's a lot of different ways they can go with it, and a lot of it depends on what some of these guys that are up in the air right now 
decide to do. And I, I can say that all the conversations that were supposed to happen the Monday after the Big Ten tournament have happened between Fred Hoiberg and, and each individual player. Now it's kind of in the court of the players to go back, talk with their families, and really figure out what the best course of action is. If they want to stick around and maybe play a different, reduced role at Nebraska or you know find greener pastures somewhere else. All right, when we come back, we're going to bring in Husker Online intern Allie Snow, and we're going to take your questions in the mailbag next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.